How do you do? Just a word of friendly warning. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... Uh, well, we've warned you. Is there anybody alive out there? Halloween. This is Tramps Like Us, the Bruce Springsteen podcast, episode 45, Halloween with the Jersey Devil. I'm going to get into some scary and creepy Springsteen music for this episode. I'm talking songs about dead souls and ghosts, songs about nightmares and terrifying nights. I'm talking about the time Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band played Los Angeles on Halloween 1980, and they opened the show with a cover of the 1958 Johnny Fuller tune, Haunted House. Bruce brought out on stage in a coffin. So frightening. They also covered Out of Limits that night, the Twilight Zone instrumental from Way Out Beyond by the Marquettes. I'm talking petrifying songs about witches and spells, devils and hell, songs about black cats and bad luck, songs about bad moons and nighttime. I'm talking horrifying songs about someone taking a knife, maybe edgy and dull, and carving a six-inch valley through the middle of your soul or your skull. Sometimes it's like someone took a knife, baby, edgy and dull, and cut a six-inch valley through the middle of my skull. Whoa. Scary, scary stuff. I'm talking spooky songs about monsters and half-human creatures. I'm talking about that Halloween night 2012 in Rochester, New York, where Bruce and the E Street Band attempted the greatest Halloween song ever, Monster Mash. It definitely was an attempt. Whose crazy and scary idea was it to try the reggae feel? Very odd and actually quite terrible, but it absolutely has to be included here. So horrifying. Some very scary Springsteen music, some tricks, and some treats for you on this Halloween episode of Tramps Like Us. 
here and we're going, all right, what's the greatest Halloween song, you know? It's hard to think of just one. You know? This is probably not it. <laughs> I don't think this is it. <laughs> but there is a request for it. And we cleverly may have rehearsed it a little bit at Soundshow. Not that we knew somebody would have that sign. We didn't know that. You guys remember the horn riff? What was it? Help. 
helper, monster out. They did the match. The monster match. The monster match. It was a great rock man. They did the match. Caught on in a flash. Rockin', all with digging the sounds. He going chains back by his banging house. Coffin bangers were about to arrive with the vocal group, the Crip Kicker Five. They played the match. They did the monster match. The monster match. Caught on in a flash. They played the match. Was a graveyard smash. They played the match. Monster Killer Horror Theater! Oh, oh, oh. And tonight, <laughs> we really have a frightening movie for you tonight, kids. 
This is really going to be scary. I'm not kidding you this time. This movie is called Blood-Sucking Monkeys from West Mifflin, Pennsylvania. And it's really good, so I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's take a look at this movie. It's really going to scare the daylights out of you. Ooh. <laughs> Let's take a look at the film. <laughs> problem kids <laughs> the movies uh, we we don't have the movie something went wrong we don't have the film uh, and it was scary I promise you it was a real frightening film this this movie won the Western Pennsylvania as fright award in 1978 I think it really garnered the, the awards at that ceremony I'm, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do though don't have much time but I'm gonna tell you what the movie is I'll tell it to you. It's so scary. Maybe, maybe then you'll know how, what you missed. It was these blood-sucking monkeys were raised in West Mifflin, Pennsylvania, real scary territory. And they were from little babies. They were raised up. They were dropped from a rocket ship. And then uh, they started to grow and grow and grow. And then finally they couldn't, they couldn't stand. They started eating away at the farmers. They would jump on farmers and start eating them, sucking their blood and spinning them around and throwing them up like that. And the bones would just fly all over the place like chicken. That's right, chicken. Then the monkeys got too big for West Mifflin, so they hopped on a freight train. I think it was an Amtrak train, I'm not sure. But they went straight down into uh, Sewickley, Pennsylvania, which is a nice suburb of Pittsburgh. Well, right down, down there, they really started in on the... They started working their ways from the, all the people. They would grab farmers, and they would grab chicks, and they would grab housewives, and they'd grab soldiers and everything will walk by them they'd sneak up their legs and they'd crawl up their legs and they'd start munching and munching and eating and then they'd get to their bellies and then they'd burrow their ways into the belly button something like if you remember you saw the alien it was like the alien only instead of popping out it kind of pop in and then just climb right up and and then people would be talking in pittsburgh they'd be saying hey what's happening what's going on hey pretty good hey i'm gonna have a good oh i'm telling you and then pop they would pop right out of their mouth this scary monkey and they'd come out and say Oh, the monkeys just kept going all over the place. They spread all over. Then they finally got to Pittsburgh, and they ate up practically all the whole city. Every Pittsburgher was going, what's going on? Hey, I don't understand it. And they ate up all the Pittsburghers. And that was the end. The whole Air Force dropped a bomb on Pittsburgh. They, they had to sacrifice that fine golden triangle for the monkeys, and they killed all the monkeys, and... I'm telling you, the movie was so good, it wasn't even funny. <laughs> well, next week I promise you we'll have a real good one on Monster Chiller Theater. Um, it'll, maybe even the monkeys will show it for real. It's much better than what I told you. Scary. So until then, this is Count Floyd saying good night, sleep tight, and don't let the cows come in.
Kansas School Board just opened a session to decide how evolution is taught again, 80 years after the Scopes Monkey Trial. Now, the Scopes Monkey Trial is when they put a man on trial for teaching evolution. I believe at the end of the trial, everybody agreed that monkeys had something to do with it. Which no way takes anything from big man. It just shows you had a sense of humor. <laughs> but monkeys don't vote. <laughs> and they don't make campaign contributions. <laughs> So we are currently living in the United States of Amnesia. <laughs> sexual undercurrents of the Barney Fred relationship <laughs> would rule the whole thing out. That's kind of our temperature back there. <laughs> so as Dorothy said about Kansas, there's no place like home. <laughs> Executed some poor sucker in these United States for teaching that man descended from the apes. They could have settled that case without a fuss or a fight. They see me chasing you, sugar, through the jungle last night. They'd have called in that jury and a one, two, three said, Part man, part monkey, definitely. Well, hey, bartender, tell me what do you see? 
pretty crawl on up out of the muck and mire. But a man on the street leaves on the Bible tells of soul. But you can ask me, mister, because I know. Tell them soul-sucking preachers to come on down and see. Part man, part monkey, baby, that's me. say to me, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, I'd like to be able to carve a swell jack-o'-lantern, but I just don't seem to have the knack. Well, these are a few pointers on the fine art of creating the perfect jack-o'-lantern. Rule number one, you want to start out with a pumpkin that looks like a pumpkin. I mean, don't get one of them gnarly old jobs that looks like Carl Malden's nose on a cold day, okay? <laughs> now, this is a good-looking pumpkin. Now, the next thing you want to do is draw a face on that pumpkin that looks realistic. I mean, don't just start carving away freehand. You might want to work from an actual photograph, like maybe of a famous person like, oh, you know, Ozzy Osbourne or, or this dude, okay? Now, do the best you can at drawing that face on the pumpkin. Use a magic marker like this, you know. I draw a really good mouth on there, okay? And then you, you know, might want to put a nose like that and then draw two eyes that look right, okay? There. Now, don't that look just like Rick Ocasek from the cars? <laughs> okay, now it's time to carve those features. Now, choose your cutting instrument wisely. Lots of folks like to use the traditional butcher knife for this part, but I prefer this. A chainsaw. like me. Prayer book. 
such thing as ghosts. Here's it, Roscoe. Yeah. Roscoe. Somebody just, uh, playing tricks here and being disrespectful of the dead, and I, and I just, and I, You framed us, Roscoe. I didn't frame nobody. Look down in the sheriff's impound. I ain't gonna look down in nothing. See for yourself. What's down there? Come on, Roscoe. Uh, I just... Yeah? Oh, I just... Just come on down, yeah. Roscoe. Okay. 
Giddy up. We drive you all the way to the pearly gates. No, no. That is, if they still let you in after what you've done to us. <laughs> How's old Roscoe look now? Like a canceled stamp. This luminous paint works like a charm. You framed us, Roscoe. We're gonna get you, Roscoe. We ain't gonna let you rest. Roscoe! No! Oh, Enos. Enos, I'm glad to see you. They were out catfish, Sheriff. Uh, never mind the catfish, Enos. I thought you were one of them. Them? Yeah, Bo and Luke Duke. Well, Sheriff, you know it ain't polite to make fun of Bo and Luke after they pass. Uh, I ain't. I want you to see something you ain't never seen. Come, come on, you go first. Here, don't, don't be frightened now. Just, just move out there. What do you call that right in there? That's a ghost, Sheriff. No, that ain't, there ain't no such thing as a ghost. Well, little did one comes along. All right, now, just cut that out. Now, there ain't no such thing as ghosts. Now, I know don't that. rile him, Sheriff. Don't rile him. Well, what do we got to do? Something, you dipstick. Maybe we ought to call a preacher. I sure hope these old gadgets of cooters work and make him jump over the deep end. Roscoe. My goodness. He's one of them spook-talking mediums. Generally, he's one of them spook-talking mediums. Roscoe. All right. That's enough of that. You're not going to scare me. Whoa, what's that? What's that? <laughs> You're not gonna scare me, no matter what. Oh, that scared me. That's Jesus, don't hate me.
trick-or-treated yet? Yeah. Oh, boy. I've been trick-or-treating for a couple of hours. I raked in the trick-or-treat stuff. Let me see. It was so cool. It's a flashlight, you know, it's important on Halloween, you know, light your way and everything. But I got, well, this is the dumbest thing I got. A carrot. Carrots, you know, big joke. Ha, 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 carrots. <laughs> And I got this. Look, Frankenstein Paz dispenser. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Care for a Paz? Sure. <laughs> Love one, thank you. <clears throat> that's great. Mmm. Mmm, Paz. And I got this. Remember this kind of candy? Oh, yes. This candy, I love this kind of candy because it's so little. You know, you eat it special than, than anything else. Look, you eat it like this pink. <laughs> Yellow. <laughs> Green. I ate a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, well... What's, so, your, what's your favorite candy in the whole this world? This is my absolute favorite kind of Halloween candy. Candy corn! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. And I got worms. Ugh. Halloween worms. Taco bubble gum. That's <laughs> You did all right for yourself. Yeah. Got, I got so much junk, it's unbelievable. Look, G.I. Joe cigars, gum cigars. <laughs> it's kind of heavy on gum this year. Squeeze bazooka. Squeeze bazooka? Squeeze a soft bazooka. It's like it's already been chewed up. Or <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of other, you know, sort of like, I got this licorice rolls, you know? And, oh, this is really cool. Look, Cindy Lopper gum. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can collect all of them and trade them with your friends. <laughs> and I got a whole bunch of these things, these, you know, spark toys, you know, for scaring people at night, you know. Uh, 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 scary! <laughs> <laughs> There's a cross up yonder on Calvary Hill. There's a slip of blood on the silver night. There's a graveyard kid down below where at night did come to life and above the stars they crackle in fire a dead man's moon throws seven rays well we put our ears to the cold gravestones this is the song they'd sing we are alive and our bodies lie alone here in the dark. Our spirits rise to carry a fire and light the spark to stand shoulder to shoulder and hide. When the railroad workers made their stand Well, I was killed in 1963 One Sunday morning in Birmingham 
Well, I died last year crossing the southern desert. My children left behind in San Pablo. Well, they've left our bodies here to rot. Oh, please let them know we are alive. Oh, I know we lie alone here in the dark. Our souls will rise to carry the fire and light the spark to fight shoulder to shoulder and
This is Alice Cooper, and I need to talk to you today about something of great importance. There's an epidemic spreading throughout the world, and as a result, children everywhere are being deprived of one of life's greatest pleasures. Being able to dress up like idiots and get tons and tons of fattening and cavity-inducing candy for Halloween. I, for one, cannot stand idly by and see the youth of the world be denied the joy that is high fructose corn syrup and yellow number five dye. With a small donation of just a few leftover stale candy corns from last year, you too can lend a helping hand. For every download of my new single, Keep Halloween Alive, I too 
will donate some leftover candy corn. Just like you, I have more than enough of those little orange and yellow critters to spare. I mean, share. Please join me in improving the quality of life for all the children of planet Earth by keeping Halloween alive and keeping all the kids on a permanent sugar high. Their painful cavity-laden smiles will be all the thanks that you will ever need. Thanks for listening. Do your part. something because kids mean something to me. I have bunches of them. There's a couple of rules you follow when it comes to Halloween. And these are the rules and you're going to follow them because Hot Rod says so. First of all, when you go out there, you're going to wear something neon because it's dark and there's idiots driving cars. And them idiots are going to run you over. Some of them don't care. You're going to take care of yourself. 
Now you're going to go and you're going to knock on people's doors that got lights so you can see. And you ain't going to go inside nobody's house when they offer you candy and close the door. You're going to stay on the doorstep and you're going to say trick or treat and you're going to say please and thank you. Now when you get all your candy, what you're going to do is you're going to take your candy back home to your parents before you eat it. And then what you're going to do is you're going to have lots of fun and we're going to say to each other happy Halloween trick or treat. See you next See you all next week, everybody. Yeah.
life, Elvis would acknowledge that the strange powers that he'd wielded over his audiences were occultic powers that he'd received from the spirit world. Elvis, as a child, believed that he was being guided by the voice of his brother Jesse, who had died at birth, but later admitted that he was being used by a hierarchy of spirit beings. His close friend Larry Geller wrote that Elvis believed that he was working under the aegis of these masters, that they had helped him. Elvis admitted, I always felt an unseen hand behind me. I heard that same voice and thought it was my brother. That's what I thought. I heard this guidance guiding me all my life. That's why I'm here and why I'm doing this. This didn't just happen. This wasn't mere happenstance. Author Gary Herman stated that Elvis, quote, recognized the devil's part in his success. 
Jerry Lee Lewis was the only rock star in the 1950s besides that of Little Richard, who threatened to knock Elvis Presley as the king of rock and roll off of his throne. Jerry Lee Lewis, like Little Richard and Elvis Presley, acknowledged that he was being used by spirit beings. Lewis was keenly aware that Satan was using him to lead his fans to hell. In fact, we have actual audio recordings of Lewis arguing with Sam Phillips during the recording sessions for Great Balls of Fire at Sun Studios, where Elvis Presley also recorded. How can the devil say so? What are you talking about? Man, I have the devil in me. But then hell is your crystal. So I don't care what anyone you believe. Just what's written in the Bible. Well, wait a minute. And it's what he said, Mr. No, no. It ain't what you believe. It's no, just what I say. If it's not what you believe, then how do you interpret the Bible? H-E-L-L. In a bizarre exchange, Jerry Lewis confessed to Sam Phillips that he was possessed by the devil and on his way to hell. Several years later, Lewis continues to maintain that it's a fact that he's on his way to hell, and he states that it worries me. Lewis states of his fear of going to hell because of his continued service to Satan that, quote, I live with it every minute of every day of my life.
house on a quiet street, a home for the brave, the glorious kingdom of the sun on your face, rising from a long night, as dark as a grave, on a thin chain of next moments, and something like faith, on a morning to order, a breakfast to make, a bed draped in sunshine, a body that waits for the touch of your fingers, the end of a day, the beat of your heart, 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 the soul burning away of the bitter This is Michael Jackson. And this is Vincent Price inviting you to The, the thriller. thriller. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down, must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The demons squeal in sheer delight 
It's you they spy, so plump, so right. For though the groove is hard to beat, yet still you stand with frozen feet. You try to run, you try to scream, but no more sun you'll ever see. For evil reaches from the crypt to crush you in its icy grip. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Can you dig it? <laughs> <laughs>
So, that's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website at TrampsLikeUsPod.com, communicate with us on Facebook at our Tramps Like Us podcast group page, and on Twitter at Tramps Like Us Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review and a five-star rating. Tramps Like Us podcast is a nonprofit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or Columbia Sony Records. If you've heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary E Street Band. The castle lights are growing dim. There's no one left but me and him. When next we meet in Frankenstone, don't come alone.